Welcome to another edition of Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. We're so glad you chose to listen with us today, and we pray your life will be blessed through the following message. Uh, I didn't say this last week, but there's almost never a good time to fast according to our flesh. Amen? And so I just encourage you to stay focused on the Lord and to push in through this time. Today I want to lay out the case of what you might expect during this fast. I talked last week about the basics of fasting, and I want to review that to start with, and then I want to move into what you can expect, both physically and spiritually. And the reason I'm talking about the physical is because sometimes we start experiencing things that can distract us and derail us if we're not careful. But if we know what's coming, right, then we can prepare And when certain things happen, we won't be shocked. Again, we talked about James saying, count it all joy when, right? He's writing to say, look, don't be surprised when you go through things, when you go through various trials and tribulations. So when we go through a trial or tribulation, we ought to be saying, oh, this is what James was talking about. Let me count it all joy in Jesus' name. Fasting is a desire for more than just food, though. We're talking about biblical fasting. We're not talking about fasting for a diet. And I'm not preaching against intermittent fasting, by the way. You're more than welcome to use that as a, as a diet plan and a nutrition plan. But when I'm calling the church to a fast, we're talking about a biblical fast. And the, the point behind it is a desire for more than just food. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. The purposes of fasting are, are, are just so many. But there's two I want you to focus on during this fast. One is a desire for deeper intimacy with God. We read David in Psalm 42 where he says, As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. That's that desire for a more intimate, a deeper relationship with the Lord. Knowledge of God's perfect will is another reason I want you to focus on during this fast. When we pray God's will be done, what is his will? See, a lot of times we do it backwards. We find something that we desire and that we want, and then we ask God to bless it. And I know this because I'm guilty of that as well. I think something is good, and trust me when I say I can justify a lot of things. But the reality is if we're seeking God's will, then we will see it come to pass, and we won't be disappointed. But we got to know what God's will is for our lives, for our community, for our family. And so that's what I want you to focus on here. I like what Jensen Franklin said. He said, the discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor, and the blessing of God in the life of a Christian. I told you last week that each Christian, every Christian should remember that you have three, three main duties. It's talked about in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus lays out the case that we should all be givers, we should all pray, and we should all fast. And then I tied it into a scripture in Mark chapter 4, verse 8 and 20, and I want to read that to you one more time. It says, But other seed fell on ground, good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I want to submit to you that, that of those three duties of a Christian, that they're tied to that return. 
And if we are doing one of those three, I mean, that's good, but we're looking at more like a 30-fold return. So maybe you're a very good prayer warrior, but you're not so good at giving, you're not so good at fasting. God still honors that. But, but if we can get two out of three, then I believe we see a 60-fold return. Now, I'm not talking about an exact mathematical. I'm more talking in generic terms, right? That, that maybe a better way to say it would be you're going to see even more return on your investment. And I told you last week, I just totally got transparent with you that I, I definitely feel like I've gotten much better at giving and prayer. And so I believe that my return on investment, if you will, is in that second category. But it's not until we do all three that we see the maximum return on our investment. When we give, when we pray, and when we fast. we got to have those three. And I must tell you that I have not been real good at the fasting. I've avoided that. And then what's worse is the enemy really kind of beat on me. And I've never brought messages to you on fasting. I've had other people talk to you about fasting, like Pastor Gary. Why? Because I know he lives a fasted lifestyle. I have fasted, but I have not lived a fasted lifestyle. And so I felt inferior. I didn't feel like I was able to bring that word to you. And I use that to share with you that maybe you're getting beat on for that very same reason. And that's a lie of the enemy. Because God's word is God's word. We ought not look so much at who's presenting the word, but rather what is the word. It could be from the worst source possible in your life. Somebody you've never trusted, but yet that one word they say lines up with Scripture and it releases God's anointing in your life. Focus more on the word that's given and then don't be afraid to speak God's word regardless of what your life has been about. You see, we talk about cancel culture, but Satan's really the one that invented cancel culture. He's the one that beats on you and tells you you're not worthy. All God did through the Bible was tell you the opposite. You are worthy. You are worthy. Satan tries to isolate you. That's why Jesus said a threefold cord is not easily, not quickly broken. Because Satan tries to get you alone because he can beat on you more like that. Even when Jesus sent the disciples out, he sent them out in pairs. Right? We need that support. So don't believe the lies of the enemy because I'm going to tell you something. As you fast, because I've asked you to fast everything except water. This flesh is going to go through some stuff, okay? And it's possible you get weaker as the fast goes on. So we have to make sure that we are pouring ourselves back into the Word so that we don't give in to any thoughts that are not of God. You think about Jesus and fasting. After he was baptized by John, he came up out of the water, and it says, the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Not Satan. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus fasted. So if Jesus could have accomplished all he came to do without fasting, don't you think he would have done it? The Son of God fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could only be released that way. So how much more should we be practicing this very same lifestyle. Fasting is important. There are three main types of fasts. The first one is an extreme fast. I don't recommend it. I definitely make sure the Lord's calling you to that before you did it because an extreme fast is you fast everything, nothing, no water, no food, no anything. And it's been done. There's testimonies. There's records of it. You can't extreme fast. I, I again would recommend you be led by the Lord on that because you see, 
It doesn't matter what type of fast you choose or, or rather what God chooses for you. It's about the heart condition. It's not about, look at me, I did an extreme fast. See, now you're getting in territory like the hypocrites were doing and that Jesus spoke against when he said, don't be like the hypocrites. See, when we fast, it's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. The second type of fast is a partial fast. We read about that with Daniel. So don't tell me you have to do an extreme fast because God definitely showed up in the life of Daniel. And Daniel did partial fast from this standpoint. He gave up meats, sweets, and bread. And we've done some of those uh, over the uh, years here at Southside Christian Fellowship, and I believe we'll have one of those in our future. I've already heard from the Lord on that. But what he's called us to for this fast is, is a typical biblical fast, which is water only. Now, I did read in the book I'm, I'm using to kind of help supplement. I'm reading the Bible, studying the Bible. But a book by Jensen Franklin, which I recommend, has been a very easy read. And he talked about if your strength starts waning, that he recommends some, I think he said clear broth and, and juice as necessary. Uh, so that would be for strength. But the basic idea behind this is uh, water only. The reason I, I mentioned some of this stuff is you may be like me where sometimes you feel like it's got to be the letter of the law. If it's water only, then if I take any kind of broth, then I broke that fast and I didn't do what God told me to do. That's not true. Again, it's the heart. Where's your heart, right? And I would encourage you to seek God each day and ask him. Ask him. Lord, I'm feeling kind of weak. You'll know. Your spirit will know. It's okay. Don't beat yourself up, right? Let's say you mess up. Let's say you have every intention of following this fast for the 10 days that I've called us to. And tomorrow morning, either you forget or you choose to forget. And breakfast is calling your name and you eat breakfast. Okay, I'm going to tell you that more than likely guilt's going to set in because the Holy Spirit definitely convicts us. But what he's saying to you is, hey, you know you're not supposed to eat that right now. You've, you've committed to doing a fast. You simply repent of that and you start right then. You don't give up on the entire fast just because you broke it, right? If you have medical conditions, if you, you're just concerned about not eating and, and your doctor's told you you need to eat, that, that's fine. Then I recommend doing the Daniel fast. The Daniel fast has got vegetables and soups and all kinds of things. You're simply committing to give up meat, sweets, and bread. What I'm calling us to, for everybody that can do it, okay, is a... A typical normal biblical fast, which is water only. But make no mistake, if you will commit and you will pray and you will fast during this time, I guarantee you, and the scriptures back this up, that God is going to show up and you are going to see breakthrough in your life and in this church's life. Amen? Amen. Yeah, give God praise. As your pastor, I'll submit to you that I believe this is the, the thing that's been kind of missing. Because as the pastor, it's my job to lead us properly. And because of the enemy kind of messing with me, I haven't led us properly in fasting. Now, those of you that have spoken to me about fasting, I'm encouraged by it. And I appreciate that. I know there are many of you that fast on a regular basis. And our church has done some amazing things. And the transition from dad to me, I think, has been very good. And we see God moving which makes me extremely excited because everything I keep reading and everything I hear in my spirit when I'm praying about this is God saying, I'm telling you, when you go through this fast, if you will be obedient to what I've called you to, he's talking to me specific to lead you through this, then you're going to see breakthrough in this church like you haven't seen 
in a while and maybe ever before. But I need your help. I need your help. It's on record. I've committed that I'm going to do it. So I'm going to do it. And I need you to commit to do the same. Amen. To support me in this church. And I promise you God will reward. So that's some of the stuff we covered last week. What I want to get into today is what to expect. And I want to tell you what to expect physically because there are some things that are going to happen to your body because of the chemicals and because of the foods you've been putting into it. It's why intermittent fasting works so well because it flushes your system. But you definitely feel some effects of that. Your body definitely does a detox. It definitely goes through some things. And so I want to tell you about a couple of these. And I'm not an expert, not a doctor. Okay, This is just based on the research that I've done, just a couple of things. So you can be able to say, oh, I, I, that's happening to me. I'm not going crazy, and it's okay. I don't have to go eat food right this second, right? These kind of things. So it can motivate you to push through and push on. First of all, fasting is a continual prayer before God. It's a continual prayer before God. Some days will bring deep times of prayer and intimacy. Other days may bring discomfort, lack of energy, and an inability to focus. I'm not speaking that into existence for you, but I want you to know that we live in fleshly bodies, Right? And so when you experience something, it shouldn't shock you. I don't want you going into it expecting to get these things, but if it happens, don't be shocked, and you'll know how to pray, and you'll know how to handle it. Amen? We are disciplining the flesh, and I want to encourage you to push through these times. Philippians 4, chapter, uh, sorry, Philippians 4, verse 12 and 13 says, I know how to get along with little, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. And then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you start to experience some of these uh, side effects, this is the scripture you hang on to. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can complete this fast. I can draw closer to the Lord. I can have a more intimate relationship with God because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, don't condemn yourself on any day you might struggle. God sees your sacrifice, and that's what it's about. Again, the scripture that really resonates with me is when, when I, believe it's in, uh, I believe it's Hebrews and maybe Chronicles, but it talks about how David was a man after God's own heart. And we know the story of David as he's growing up, and he gets chosen even though he was left out in the field by his father and not even thought about. God ordained him to be the king of Israel. And he even walks in front of this giant. He declares what everybody else should have been declaring. How dare you come against my God? Slays that giant. He knew God. He had a relationship with the Lord. But then that flesh started to take over. And he began to lust after Bathsheba. And he sent her husband to the front lines for the purpose of him getting killed. And it wasn't until the prophet Nathan came to him and told him a story about a man that had done something wrong and asked for King David's advice. And King David said, I would kill that man immediately. And Nathan said, well, that man is you. And all of a sudden, revelation comes. And David hits the floor, begins to weep and repent. Why? Because his heart was still after God. Still after God. That's what God's looking for. He's not up there going, okay, day one good, day two bad, sorry, you're out. Day three, good, maybe I'll bring you back. No, he's looking at your heart. Even if you mess up on the fast, if your heart is for God, he knows that. He understands your sacrifice. 
He rewards that. Don't buy into the lies of the enemy and condemn yourself. In fact, you really shouldn't be talking about the fast with anybody else. The reason I'm bringing it up is because our church has been called to a fast. So I've got to give you some instructions. But you shouldn't be out in public going, I'm I'm fasting today. Because that's what the hypocrites were doing. They were telling everybody, look at me, look at me. In fact, Jesus talks about how you should prepare yourself so as not to show signs of you know, fatigue and fasting. So get up, wash your face, anoint it with oil. Right? Because the point is, we are doing this for God and our relationship with Him. Don't give up. Don't give up, even if you stumble. Fasting is like spring cleaning for the body. Drink lots of water. And a lot of my friends in here went, I know, drink lots of water. Now, uh, like I said, the book I'm reading, Jensen Franklin uh, recommends not drinking tap water. Uh, He says that on the fast that he's been on, it's been better for his body when he's done purified or spring water. But again, just drink lots of water. Um, I think he recommended uh, a gallon or more a day, which I'm pretty sure the doctors recommend that too. I haven't checked on that lately, but drink lots of water. You might get headaches, especially in the first couple of days. That's a sign your body's detoxing. Right, it's getting rid of the poisons and the chemicals that you've been putting them in there. I'll be honest with you, anybody that's ever come off of caffeine understands exactly what I'm talking about. You get those, you get those headaches because the caffeine is coming out of your body. Okay? So you may get you may not. Praise God. Praise God. But don't be surprised if you do. That is your body flushing out the toxins that's in your system. Uh, you might notice a coating on your tongue for a few days. That's your body eliminating toxins. I read that the average American consumes four pounds of chemical preservatives, coloring, stabilizers, flavorings, and other additives each year. Four pounds. So you might see that coating on your tongue. Um, but i got to be honest with you, there are other things that you may experience. You, you may get a little fatigued. There may be a little dizziness that sets in, right? There's some things that can happen. You know, be aware of your body, you know? If you're, if you're taking medications... Um, for example, I have to take my blood sugar uh, levels each day. I- I'm going to be making sure I check those on a regular basis and adjust where necessary. I've talked to my doctor. Okay, they're working with me. You know, do what you got to do there on the medication part, and don't be shocked if your body goes through some of these different changes. Amen? Because, um, again, this is a-, a body that God set up to. It's amazing what-, what God set this body up to do. I mean, just looking at my size compared to other people's size, right? He built it so it could expand, right? Right? He didn't necessarily want to be this big, and I'm working on it, praise God. But he built it to expand, and those of you that have been through uh, broken uh, bones, they, they heal, right? We take in stuff, and the body uses what it needs, and then it gets rid of the rest, right? So doesn't it make sense when we, when we fast, that part of what God was trying to do with us was to regulate our system. I mean, hopefully you take your car in for an oil change every once in a while. And what we're doing here from a physical standpoint is we're taking our bodies in for an oil change. We're flushing out all the stuff we've been putting in our body and allowing it to reset. Amen. So those are some of the physical things that you can expect. But what I really want you to focus on is the spiritual things. Because this is like running a race. You know what I I noticed about most races? When you're at the starting line, and Dad loves to tell about me running cross country. I wasn't very good at it, but I did go. I did run. I wasn't this size when I was running it. But at the starting line, you know what I did not see? I did not see the finish line. 
But I trusted it was there because other people that I knew and trusted told me it was. And there were times in the middle of that race, I wasn't real sure they were telling me the truth. I wasn't real sure they weren't just laughing at me. But then there came a point in the race where I saw a glimpse of the finish line. You know what's amazing is I got more adrenaline and I was able to finish the race even stronger than the middle part. So you may come out of the gate very quickly running this race and everything's good. The middle of it, you may lag just a little bit. You might start to question if there really is a finish line to this. I don't know that I can really make it. But you know what else happened when I was running across country? I had friends that would encourage me and would pull me along. And we want to do that for each other. We want to encourage each other. We want to pull each other along. You can do this. You can do this. You can do this in Jesus' name. Because at some point, we're going to see that finish line. And I promise you, it's going to be even easier to finish because you see the finish line. You see the finish line. Paul even alluded to this race, did he not? 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through the first part of 27. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize exercises self-control in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run in such a way as not to run aimlessly. I box in such a way as to avoid hitting air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. That's what we're doing. We're disciplining the body and bringing it into subjection. You'll have some physical effects, but make no mistake, we have an enemy that is going to try to mess with you, that knows you're going through this. He visited Jesus, did he not? And he didn't visit Jesus at the beginning of his fast. Why? Because science tells us he was definitely stronger in the beginning. But after going 40 days without food, he was definitely physically a little weaker, right? Potentially mentally weaker, right? Except he knew where the answers came from. And so Satan came to him at the end of his fast. So as you go through this fast, don't be shocked if Satan comes to you and tries to tell you all manner of lies. And how did Jesus respond to each one of those statements from the enemy? With the Word of God. You quote that Word of God back to yourself and back to any thoughts. The Bible says to take every thought captive and subject it to the obedience of Christ. That's what we're doing. There's danger in not disciplining the body. It's been said that the way to a man's heart is his stomach, and I think I definitely fit that narrative. I told y'all before I met Tammy, I was pretty skinny. I was in shape. She started cooking for me, and that was it. It's, it's, it's been tough. Don't you think Satan understands this too? What happened to the Garden of Eden? It, it, it was about eating that apple, right? They ate the apple. I like what Jensen Franklin said. He said they literally ate themselves out of house and home. Sodom and Gomorrah, we talk about that place and a lot of the things they were doing wrong, and it gets attributed to different reasons why that place was destroyed. But listen to what it says in Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 49 and 50. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride. That's one of the reasons. Well, what's the next one? Fullness of food. They weren't disciplining themselves at all. Fullness of food. 
and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the land of the hand of the poor and needy, and they were um, they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. But fullness of food was part of that. What about Esau? Esau was so hungry, he gave away his birthright. You know what a birthright entitled you to? From the physical standpoint, it was double. It was a double portion of his father's estate. And he was so hungry and didn't understand what he was really giving away that he gave away his birthright for some stew. I don't care how good that stew is. There is no way it was worth the birthright. But it came because of lack of discipline in his body. And then one of the examples that speaks a lot to me is about Israel. Moses was sent. Israelites were saved from the hand of Egypt. And God had started providing manna from heaven. Manna from heaven, but they started to complain. Listen to what it says in Numbers chapter 11, verses 4 through 6. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving... So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. May I remind you, Egypt was slavery? They're crying out going, Man, it was so much better. We ate freely. Yeah, you also got beat daily. You had to do uh, manual labor. I mean, it was slavery. And yet here they are. It says, which we are free, uh, freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons. I mean, that's what happens to us. We begin to, to salivate, right? The leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. I want to go on and submit to you, and this is what the Lord shared with me. It comes straight from heaven. If during this fast, a McDonald's cheeseburger becomes the most amazing thing in your life, and you just wish to God you had one, it's a pretty good shot you're, you're acting like the Israelites right there. I'm not saying a McDonald's cheeseburger ain't good. I'm just saying, man, if that's the one thing you're craving, I mean, come on. You're forgetting some things that happened in the past, right? It's a sure sign that, that you're starting to act like the Israelites. Guess what? This is what happened. A little further in that chapter, verses 18 through 20, guess what? God heard their complaining. It says, then you shall say to the people, God's telling Moses this, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. And you shall eat meat, for you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. And if you stop reading there, that is a really, really cool set of verses. But if you continue, it says, You shall eat not one day, not two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a whole month. And at that point, I'm sure the Israelites are, praise God, yes, hallelujah, you heard our prayers. Then it says, until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have despised the Lord who is among you and have wept before him, saying, why did we ever come up out of Egypt? They were crying to God, save us, get us out of Egypt. And all because they didn't like the manna that God was providing from from heaven, they started to grumble and complain and wanted to go back to the situation they had just asked God to rescue them from. So God said, all right, all right, I got you. I got you. You have so much meat, it's going to come out of your nose, your nostrils. That's a lot of meat. 
I've heard of the meat sweats before. I might have even had them. That's a lot of meat. A lot of meat. And then this is how that set of scriptures ends, verses 33 and 34. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord. Now they heard that whole message from Moses and still proceeded to eat the meat. Between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. So he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava, because there they were buried, and they buried the people who had yielded to craving. Do you know what that, that place's name translates to? Graves of lusters. Graves of lusters. So when I tell you that there's danger in not disciplining the body, there's danger. So it's very important that we obey the Lord and fast in this time and not give in to the cravings because there are some really bad things that happen in the Old Testament, right? And yes, we serve a God that has grace and has mercy. I agree with that. But we need to push through those cravings and dig into the Lord. We need to push into the Lord. So what to expect spiritually? Well, first of all, without prayer and the Word, fasting is no different than dieting. It's no different than dieting. But I promise you this is what you can expect from a spiritual standpoint. You can expect a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Cannot be any clearer than that. James tries, though. And in verse 4, I'm sorry, in chapter 4, verse 8, the first part says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. It cannot get any simpler than that right there. And that is what we're doing during this fast is drawing nearer to the Lord. We can expect a deeper, more intimate relationship with God. We can expect provisions. Matthew 6, 31 through 33 says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Interesting he started with that one. Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. As we, as we press in, we can expect God to provide. We can also expect God to reward. Matthew six seventeen through uh, 18 says, But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I want to submit to you that the Bible is clear that we can expect to draw closer to the Lord and have Him draw closer to us. We can expect for Him to take care of us in all of our, 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 our eating, drinking, uh, shelter, clothing. He's going to take care of that. And then He is going to reward us openly. I see that as breakthrough. Answers to prayers. Amen? That's not me saying that. It's the Scriptures saying that. So that is what you can expect from the Lord through this fast. So I just want to recap as I close here today. I've called the church to a 10-day fast. It started last night at 6 p.m. It runs through 6 p.m. on October the 31st. At 6.30, October the 31st, we're going to meet here. And we're going to pray corporately. And we're going to celebrate the end of our fast. We're going to thank God for the breakthroughs that have happened and that are coming. 
And so I encourage you to mark your calendars to come celebrate with us. Our purpose is to pray against the darkness that's being invited in willingly into our communities during this month. I've called us to a normal fast, as I laid out earlier, so I'm saying water only. But I also remind you that if you, uh, you know, you have work, you have jobs, you've got different things you have to do, taking care of the kids, all the different things uh, will, will zap your strength. So it's okay to, to supplement with, with like some broth and some uh, juice as needed for strength. And if you're taking medications and, and you know, consult your doctor, um, do what you have to do, but fast. Even if that's that Daniel fast in your particular case, okay? Fast how you can fast there, okay? Let me tell you what I am encouraging you to do is give up food some way, some form. In the past, we've talked about fasting with TV and social media and different things like that, and those are important, those are good. But we want to do a biblical fast the way it's talked about and written about in the Word, and that is giving up food, okay? Pray. It's not enough to just go without food. If we don't pray during this time, we wasted our time. We have to pray. We will have corporate prayer here every night, starting tonight, over those 10 days at 6.30 p.m. Depending on how many we have here, we're probably going to meet in the youth room here and pray. Um, you know, if we get a, uh, too many people in there, we'll come out here and we'll, we'll pray. But we're, we're going to pray. If you can't join us for corporate prayer at 6.30, I would ask you to do your best to set aside that time so that you're still praying with us even though you're not here in person. But be praying other times of the day as well. It's not just at 6.30. Be praying throughout the day. In fact, one of the ways that Dad uh, talked to me about this before was in place of your meal. So still set aside breakfast time, but instead of eating, you're going to be praying. Set aside lunch time. Instead of eating, you're going to be praying. Set aside dinner time. Instead of eating, you're going to be praying. This is what we're praying for during this particular fast. You can pray for the breakthrough and the answers that you need for your own personal life and your, your community. But for our community where this church has been planted, we are praying against the schemes of the devil, as it says in Ephesians 6.11. Stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Don't forget that's where Paul lays out the full armor of God. Now, we're going to put on the full armor of God, but the point is to stand against the schemes of the devil. And as it tells us in Matthew 6.10, we're praying for God's kingdom to come, and his will to be done here in our community. That's what we're praying for. And we want to pray for Israel. And just a real simple verse on that is Psalms 122. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If you don't pray for anything else for Israel, pray for peace. Does this all make sense to you? I pull out an oldie but a goodie, right? It's making sense. You don't have to raise your hands today. I asked you to commit last week for a reason, okay? I honestly can't tell you who all stood up, but I... I felt like that's what the Lord would have me do because just like me, you needed to make a commitment so you couldn't back out of it, okay? So I'm not asking you to put up your hands anymore. You've already done that between you and the Lord, right? But do you feel like this is something that you can get behind, something you can support and something you can do? I hope that the answer is yes because I know the answer is yes, even if you don't feel like that's something you can achieve. I'm looking forward to the testimonies that come out of this. I'm looking forward for the breakthrough, and I encourage you, any words the Lord gives you, Write them down. Journal them. Any, any breakthroughs, testimonies, write them down because God wants you to share those to encourage other people. Amen? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I don't have a dynamic closing today. I don't think we need one.
It's simply this right here. We're fasting because God called us to a fast. We're fasting to draw closer to our God. We're fasting for breakthrough. We're fasting for change in our community. We're fasting to see the Holy Spirit move in this community for salvations, for baptisms of water and of fire. We're, we're fasting to see lives changed for the kingdom of God. And each one of us have a role in that. Amen? Bow your heads. Father God, we thank you so much for this challenge, Lord God, for this opportunity to come and to fast, Lord God, so that we might draw closer to you. Lord, I pray for strength right now. As we leave this place today, Lord God, that we would be able to stand strong against the schemes of the devil. That, Lord God, we'd take every thought captive, Father God, and that we would commit and we would follow through with our desire to grow closer to you by fasting and praying, Lord God. Lord, we pray for peace, we pray for strength, and we pray for wisdom during this time. In Jesus' mighty name we ask and pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.